So I know a lot of Auburn fans obviously don't like to talk about or don't like to think about the ending to the 2013 National Championship game and the result that happened from there. However, I will say this. If there is solace for the Auburn fan out there about that, really since that game, maybe a little bit later than that, but mostly since that game, even with all the frustration Auburn fans have had since 2013, I think you would rather be in Auburn's spot than Florida State spot because at least Auburn beat Jacksonville State when they got tested by them. Yearly similar uh, trajectories, I guess, in some way. Although what Florida State made it to the playoff against Oregon and then Jameis became a meme. Uh, and they, yeah, and they it's went not been to, a great run. They went to another New Year's Six Bowl when they played Michigan. I believe Michigan in the Orange Bowl a few years ago. I think that's right. Florida State losing in the fashion that they did to Jacksonville State. By the way, shout out to all of you. I mean, I don't know how many people out there we have listening who have some sort of connection to Jacksonville State. I know there are some out there. So all of, all of you Gamecocks out there, congrats. We were all in on, your corner last night on Saturday. Oh, for sure. It was beautiful, too, because it wasn't just like the ball got behind them or it was a tipped freak play. It was like Florida State was inept and had another opportunity after the catch to simply make a tackle. After the game, Mike Norvell said uh, something along the lines of, yes, we ran a two-deep man, tried to get pressure on their quarterback. They still had one timeout, so we didn't go to immediate prevent. That's an FCS kicker. That's six seconds left on the clock, and you are Florida State. I don't think, like, they were trying to prevent something that may happen for the tie and gave up an option for the win. Uh, They didn't go prevent, and they didn't go, uh, you know, they didn't man up and put three deep. You know, they didn't didn't build a wall over the, uh, you know, at at the goal line. They didn't do any of that. They sat back and ran a normal play. Full credit to Jacksonville State for the catch. What a block up field. And like both of those guys kind of having the timing to, to make it happen. Jacksonville State beats Florida State. You know, I didn't watch the Florida State Notre Dame game last week. You did because all you wanted to talk about was Brian Kelly for the next few days. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. So I missed, like, the whole, hey, Florida State, man. They're building something there. Watch out. I missed that. I didn't, I didn't get the full, uh, the full impact of that. And then a week later, Notre Dame has to score late to beat Toledo, and Florida State loses to Jacksonville State and FCS team. 0-2 is quite the rebuild, you know? It's uh, it, it's pretty wild. It, it's Where does that leave the Gus Malzahn coaching tree? Meaning what? Well, Norvell is one of the higher-profile Malzahn products, right? And there are some others out there, but I think Norvell landing at a spot like Florida State made him probably the highest profile from the Malzahn coaching tree. And right now, it's not uh, going great. Because that's the thing is like Malzahn doesn't have a ton of guys in his quote unquote coaching tree. They ended up losing last night, but Eli Drinkwitz seems like a like he's doing all right at Missouri. Let's see, he's got Norvell, 
Uh, Jake Spavitol's at Texas State. That, that isn't going well either. Chip Lindsey, Troy played one close to Liberty. Yeah, it's just not very. Uh, it's not. It's not a very large, large tree right now. Speaking of Kentucky, a, go ahead. It'll just be interesting to see how many maybe assistants or former players of his you know, kind of make their way up at this point. Um, now that he's at UCF. What about Kentucky? Just speaking of them, it seems like Stoops is quickly becoming the darling of the conference. Yeah, I mean, I think he's done everything you need to do at a job like Kentucky, knowing that you're not going to get super elite talent. Uh, it seems like they finally found an offensive scheme that works, that can stretch the field. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think some teams are not going to want to play Kentucky later in the year. But it, you know, going back to Jacksonville State, there's this – there's this long uh, discourse online this week about um, Auburn playing Alabama State and how Auburn has made a commitment to play FCS teams from the state of Alabama. Uh, it almost bit them in 15 with Jacksonville State, but they played Alabama State. They played Alabama A&M. Um, they played Sanford. I don't think UNA is on the schedule yet, but that might be coming at some point. And then not an FCS team, but they are playing South in a few years. If you're going to pay a lot of money to have your team kick the crap out of another team in the FCS. Um, or potentially them, lose. Or potentially lose. Keeping that money in state is a pretty smart suggestion. I think it can win you some goodwill. Um, Alabama does not seem to be worried about that. Um, I think they I were would, too busy trying to shut down UAB's program to worry about playing other schools. And I would also, and I would also say that Alabama's very big on having a national brand with their football program, and uh, honestly, with their with their university too. Um, by the by, the it seems like the out of state, there. whatever. Look, I don't really know. I'm not pouring through the admissions records at Alabama, but it seems like they've had a pretty good push state. to go out of state. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's noble for I think for Auburn to, if they're gonna keep doing these things, keep the money in state. I think Alabama State got a lot out of being there on on Saturday. What better way to describe us than noble? Yes, exactly. And no, as noble as paying people to win football games is, uh, I guess in 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 college in college sports. You know that Just actually for a paycheck game is really not that much. Uh, you know, I think yeah. some of those get up to a million dollars sometimes. Dang, they must be pinching pinching pennies there at Florida State. What we learned yesterday is is that hey, scheduling these FCS games in state is a good idea. It's I think it's a cool way to to boost the profile of the sport in your state. Good, uh, Auburn. But I no no real need to schedule Jacksonville State anytime soon. They've gotten some they've got some scalps. They almost beat Auburn. They beat Ole Miss a few years ago. Now they've gotten Florida State on a Hail Mary. Yeah, I think Auburn's I think Auburn's fine if they let the let the Gamecocks stay up there in uh, Calhoun County. The noble Auburn Tigers. It's the Auburn Observer Podcast, the weekend edition, the recap edition. Justin Ferguson right here. Painter Sharpless over there. Hello, Painter. Hello. Having my morning Joe feeling much better than I was even 10 minutes ago. 
Well, that's great. That's great. Um, it's it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish, as the Auburn Tigers oh, learned. Wow. Uh, Saturday against Alabama State. We are going to talk about that in great detail um, later in the week, if you're a member of the Inner Circle. We will give you a preview episode of a big one, Auburn-Penn State. So we're not going to go into Auburn-Penn State a ton with this episode just because We'll do the, we'll do most of that for the preview. You're off to uh, a hot but, start between that nice reference you tossed in plus the casual plug. Love that. Really love that good stuff right there. Two for two for Ferg. Auburn is going to have uh, college game day is going to be at Penn State. So biggest game of week three kind of reinforced there. You know, I had wondered if they would go to the Auburn-Penn State game because I think the Alabama-Florida one is really the only other one that you might convince yourself would be probably, worth it. Yeah, they're probably holding a trip to the SEC, like or maybe Florida even, uh, for later. Maybe they'll go to the cocktail party this year or something like that. And while I don't think this factored into it, when you tell me that Alabama wins that game by 16 to 20 points, I'll be like, yeah, yeah. They beat Mercer, and they didn't cover, but it doesn't matter. It's an FCS game. Um, and Saban's, like, ranting on the podium afterwards and talking about his dad and, and, and accountability. And Honestly like, kind of rules. And you can't even, like, I tr- I was thinking about firing off a tweet, and I was like, you know what, guys won a national title like every other year. I'm going to just keep this thought to myself because it's like, yeah, that that's probably one of the more obnoxious things he does. But relative to other obnoxious college football coaches, not that bad. So, you know, yeah, at least just, at least he has the results. He's not just out there blowing smoke. Yeah, I just don't want to be Florida. I would not want to be Florida right now. Oh, my God. (laughs) Torn up. But we're not here to talk week three. We're not here to talk Alabama, Florida, or Auburn, Penn State. We're here to talk Auburn 62, Alabama State 0. Painter, it's two games against one of the worst teams in FBS and an FCS school that is routinely losing or 500 uh, in their record. So... Arguably the easiest two-game start anybody's had in college football this season. However, the Auburn football Tigers lead the nation in points per game and yards per play. Auburn is averaging over 60 points a game, and they're averaging nearly 10 yards a play, thanks in large part to an absolutely absurd third quarter against Alabama State on Thursday. So, good vibes. Everyone's happy. Auburn has done exactly what they were supposed to in these first two games, which is whip up on bad teams, but they've exceeded expectations. They've covered the spread in both games. They've scored 60 points in back-to-back games for the first time since the foundation of the SEC. But it didn't always feel this way on Saturday. Brian Harson and, and, and his staff got to experience what every Auburn fan has experienced in their lifetimes multiple times, which is... Oh my God, it's a freaking 11 o'clock game. You know exactly what's about to happen. And it kind of did for a little bit, you know. I don't know if there's really, if you can attribute it to that or if you could, as you wrote in your observations, maybe a little bit of a hangover feeling yourself a little too much after that nice performance, albeit it was Akron, as we have noted. Yeah, they got it together in the third quarter. I will say, if you just looked at Bo Nix's stat lines... Kind of looked more like the Bo Nix stat lines of old. Yeah, some drops uh, were big on that as well. Um, agreed. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to go through film room 
later on Sunday and, and kind of piece out kind of what all happened and, and how it's good. I mean, some of it was missed throws for sure. Uh, but there were some there were some drops. Uh, and he had the fumble. There was, there was some pressure. There was some pressure too, uh, which is not great considering Auburn was flawless in that in that uh, that stat uh, against Akron. Um, but the first half, Auburn held to just 161 yards of offense, 81 rushing, 80 passing. Well, at least you're balanced. Um, <laughs> and one touchdown, one offensive touchdown. This Auburn team scored five touchdowns on their first five drives against Akron and they only scored one offensive one against uh against the uh, What did you write? Was it 37 Hornets. yards per play in the third in the quarter? Third quarter. <laughs> yeah. looking at it right now, third quarter Auburn averaged 37.4 yards per play. <laughs> they snapped the ball 8 times and got nearly 300 yards of offense. We will talk about that. But this 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 first half though for Auburn taking a close look at it um there's a lot of stuff that brian harson talked about after the game it's like right the stuff that they can control penalties being a big one went in the other favor we talked about this we talked about this last week one of the things about auburn why they went over akron i thought was as impressive as it was is because you know in, in the moments where it doesn't matter who's on the other side it's what you are doing and what you can control Auburn played a clean game, uh, but nine penalties for the Tigers on Saturday, uh, according to the official stats. They allowed a sack, few tackles for loss. There were some stuffs at the line of scrimmage on running plays in the first half. Uh, they were, I believe it was two of seven on third downs uh, in the uh, in, in the first half. It was not good. Auburn's offense looked uh, More like you would have thought it would in week one with the yeah, new staff just, in, a, in a totally new year, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Kayla Newton dropped what would have been a touchdown. Auburn ends up selling for a field goal. Uh, the punt Auburn had is three and out. They set up a nice little screenplay for uh, for Tank Bigsby. He drops that. If Tank catches it, I mean, he's probably still running because there was no chance anybody from Alabama State was going to catch him on that play. So, I mean, in just two plays, you're talking about 11 more points for Auburn and you're feeling you're feeling better about the situation and you've got some bigger plays and, and, you, and you learn to live with that. But I think it's that consistency and that execution just was not there. And uh, I don't know if it's a lack of focus. I don't know if it was the 11 a.m. start. Harson was not in the mood to make any excuses after the game, which, you know, you would know, uh, knowing anything about him. But I think – he made it sound like, you know, a lot of the areas that they are or proud about in week one, they didn't see in week two. And so on the positive side for Auburn in the first half, the defense did well. I mean, there were some moments where Alabama State moved the ball. They threw it pretty consistently. And again, I think this is just a, a, a you know, the past defense in this, of this team, um, Alabama State did not have near the amount of success that uh, Akron had in, in in week one. But you know, talking to Roger McCreary after the game on Saturday, he said, you know, we can do a lot better in the secondary. We know we just got to communicate. We've got to tighten up. We've got to play better, which is good news. I think this I think this defense is going to give up more completions as a whole 
Like it's going to be a higher completion percentage because of the nature of you know playing off man, more zone and stuff like that. But it's keeping everything in front of them, preventing big plays. And to Auburn's credit, Alabama State didn't really have a ton of big plays, but you know they weren't supposed to. The running, de- the rushing defense continues to be pretty pretty strong. Uh, Alabama State once you take sacks out on Saturday, Alabama State ran uh, for just fifty seven yards, which is an average of two point one yards per attempt. Auburn had eleven tackles for loss. Uh, that defensive front continues to be really, really strong and doing what they're supposed to against, you know, lesser quality competition. It's just that secondary needs to tighten up and no one knows that more than the secondary itself. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at this yet because you're going to do your film room after this, but snapshot reaction, what, if anything, is slowing down that secondary that I, you know, hyped up all off season again they didn't allow any points they didn't allow did they allow a single explosive play for um so they, i don't want to criticize them too much just pointing out like the their own words that it has to be better against better competition there were two in the third quarter that went for one went for 15 yards and another one went for 22 yards on the drive where alabama state almost scored um but that's it i mean they averaged it was something like a you know a little over four yards in attempt, which you'll live with. I mean that, that those aren't bad numbers, right? Um, I, I think it's just uh, hearing what McCreary said. It's just like there's communication, guys. I mean, guys are coming open a little too early. There's you know um, maybe some parts in the zone where they're getting attacked in some soft spots. Yeah, I think it's just I think it's just they got to tighten it up. But you've also you've also seen in the first couple of games. When the secondary can be really, really good, they're very disruptive. Um, you know, making plays happen, uh, you know, swatting away passes. And then, of course, Roger McCurry baiting uh, Alabama State into throwing a pick. Plays uh, that, that one to perfection. Right. He said after the game, he's like, uh, we talked about it. They ran that same sort of play with that alignment once he saw a few times in the first half. He said as soon as he saw the receiver release the way he did, he said, okay, it's this play. He jumps it, you know, runs and scores. And so those are the adjustments and those are the improvements you like to see from your secondary. And I think they just got to they just gotta continue to tighten up on it. And, and I, again, I think – as long as this defense is not allowing big plays through the air, because that's one thing Penn State has done a decent job of the first couple of weeks, especially against Wisconsin, that was like their best way to move the ball through the air or move the ball, period. Maybe was, the only was big way. Plays. Yeah, was big plays downfield. Um, yeah, they've got to they've got to be on their they got to be on their best behavior back there because Penn State is going to try to wing it downfield. They have a really good receiver um, that is making plays left and right for them. So. Yeah, I think I just think that this is a this is a unit that um, can just use some more tightening up and some more experience playing. There's there's a lot of newness back there if you think about it. Um, Donovan Kaufman, by Darius Knighton, Zion Puckett's playing a lot more, so there's a lot more rotation back there, and and I think um, it, it's not quite as crisp as they would like it to be. But again, I mean, this is still a this is still a unit that is that uh, the first team unit didn't allow any points against Akron. Uh, at least the full first team defense didn't allow anything against Akron, and then they pitched a shutout on on, on Saturday against Alabama State. So I mean, it is it is kind of nitpicking, but they are very critical of themselves. It was kind of fun to watch Twitter 
as the game went on, go from, it was, you know, as you would expect online, probably a slight overreaction to what was not a good start. And it went from that in some corners of the internet to, oh, well, this game doesn't really matter anyway. And it's like, okay, well, we, we were taking it seriously there for a moment. Yeah, it, it, it was, uh, <laughs> there was, there were people at halftime or in the first half tweeting like, it's going to be a long season. This is, you know, we, th- th- this is. And it may Auburn. be, but guess what? Texas A&M somehow couldn't do anything against Colorado. Right. LSU lost to UCLA, I think, and it's a rule that you've usually lived by. Try not to judge teams too harshly off the mm-hmm. first couple of weeks. Um, it's a long season. Auburn fans, I think, especially should be aware of this. Given or just one performance. I mean, yeah, that too, that too. You know, like Texas so, A&M may turn out to be a fine team, especially. If, I don't, I don't know how seriously injured their quarterback is, but God, it was beautiful to be able to read all the the Jimbo tweets. I mean, why did they extend him? Amazing work by you, by the way. Uh, for the for for the first half, if there was a big positive for Auburn, is that their special teams was great. Um, a blocked punt. Uh, from the uh, from from the uh, Tigers that set up a field goal, uh, Barton Lester landed on it. I believe Wesley Steiner was the one who got his hand on it. They came close to blocking a few more. It was like they saw something in what Alabama State was doing on their protections because it was it was very easy for them to get back there. Uh, and then the big one, Alabama State has his only real sustained drive of the game. They get down deep in the in the red zone. Auburn makes the stops. Um, to prevent them from scoring a touchdown. And then a short field goal is underway. Alabama State has not hit a field goal in years. That is a true thing. They have not hit a field goal in years. Um, but this is a short one. It's a chip shot. And they, they, felt like, they felt like they could they could bust the protection the way they did. Colby Wooden gets his hand on it. Nehemiah Pritchett scoops it up on the other side flawlessly. And you're not catching Nehemiah Pritchett. Sorry. Uh, 80 yards touchdown for the Tigers. This is a special. I wrote about this on on Saturday. This is a special teams unit that can win Auburn some ball games because they really, really, really take this seriously. You know, Gus Malzahn and his staff took special teams seriously. They played starters uh, on those units, but I think you have seen even more of it in this staff through the first couple of games. I mean, look, go back to that field goal block. That is Colby Wooden, arguably your best defensive lineman, and Nehemiah Pritchett, one of your best best cornerbacks. Uh, These are two returning starters with NFL futures. They are playing special teams in an FCS game against Alabama State, and they're making impact plays. They care about it. They care about it, and, and, and Harson's – Harson's thought process there is this. If you're going to have 20-something plays a game, be on special teams, why not have your best players out there, right? Because those 20 plays can make a difference. And if they continue to have the commitment to execution and putting their best guys out there, as I think they will moving forward, when Auburn gets into some close games this season against SEC opponents, they're going to have a chance to win, I think, because of how much they care about their special teams. There are some stats that make you go, oh, that's neat. And then the Alabama State no field goals since, I think, 2019 stat makes you go, aw. 
Yeah, it's 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 not great. It's not great when every year something like that. But shout out to Alabama State. That onside kick was pretty was, was pretty perfect. nice. I think they noticed that Auburn was kind of turning back on the on on kick returns a little too early, and so they popped it right there right there on the sideline. They went down and got it. So I mean, great play by them. Auburn's defense holds strong, and then they start exploding in the in the uh, in the third quarter. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's that's a special teams unit you can be really proud of if you're Auburn. You already know your kicking games as consistent as you're going to get at the college level because of because uh, of Anders Carlson. The punting game Auburn hasn't had a punt very much in the first couple of weeks of the season, but the punts have been all right. The coverage has been good. They got a nice return from Demetrius Robertson in this game, who was playing because Javarius Johnson was banged up. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a unit that uh, this is a unit that can help Auburn win games, and it goes to that kind of full phase attention to detail and execution that Brian Harson's been preaching since he arrived at Auburn. Well, is it time that we talk about individual and unit performances? We can talk about the third quarter in a little bit more detail because it swapped pretty hard right after that onside kick. Auburn gets the stop, and then Tank Bigsby two yards. 14 yards, 51 yards. Uh, Auburn gets an illegal shift on the play. And then on first and 15 from the 28, they find some one-on-one coverage on the outside for Demetrius Robertson, who scored a touchdown in the first half for Auburn. Uh, they go, He goes up and gets it in the end zone. Touchdown Auburn. Uh, Auburn gets a fumble on the next drive. They get a, they get a DPI. Then it's Demetrius Robertson on a sweep, touchdown again. Demetrius Robertson three touchdowns for the for the Tigers, uh, uh, his first three touchdowns of his career, and uh, he only had four at Georgia and he had three in this one game, so uh, really big impact right away. Then goes the pick six, then a uh, then another punt from Alabama State. Uh, Auburn checks the second team in. Jarquez Hunter goes for twenty five yards. T.J. Finley hits a deep ball to Malcolm Johnson Jr., a pretty deep ball at that for 49 in the touchdown, another three and out, and then Jarquez Hunter makes history late in the first or in the third quarter by running the ball 94 yards, the longest run in Auburn football history for a touchdown. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you take a game where it's 20 to nothing and everybody's kind of like, eh, uh, I mean, this isn't great, to you're up 55 nothing and you've just put together one of the most dominant quarters in Auburn football history against any opponent. Um, so what happened? What changed? Well, number one, according to the players, uh, players after the game, Auburn got into the locker room and Brian Hartson said, Guys, your energy, not great. We need that energy up. We have to bring the energy um, out here. Alabama State is Alabama State's punching right back with you. You got to bring more energy than that if you want to play like this. Um, they did that. Auburn was a lot more energetic, a lot more focused, I think, after halftime. The second thing is they talked a lot about adjustments. Brian Harson gave a lot of credit to his assistants for saying, we knew that we had to adjust this and this and this and this, and they all stuck. It was good to see that our adjustments worked in the halftime locker room. So while they're getting 
some encouragement to pick it up <laughs> with the with, with the energy levels. Uh, they also get it and say, hey, this is how we got to do things differently. Brian Harson giving a lot of credit to Alabama State after the game. That's not a bad Alabama State team. Uh, I'm interested to see what they do in the SWAC this season. Uh, they And they needed overtime to beat Miles in week one. Uh, I thought the first half they showed some things that gave Auburn some trouble. And Harson said after the game, they were Alabama State's game plan. They were doing some stuff that we had to adjust to, right? That it wasn't just simply we're Auburn, you're Alabama State. We're going to do whatever we want. It doesn't matter what you do. No, Alabama State was had a really good game plan for Auburn, and they had to adjust and tweak off of that. So while the s- slow start wasn't great for them, and they will fully admit that. I think a lot of Auburn fans listen to this ears perked up when you hear halftime adjustments. And like pretty much every phase of the game, that they worked. Because uh, Alabama State did nothing after that. Yep, that was a pretty consistent complaint. And a game in which you should probably be performing better against weaker competition. Didn't always see much different in the second half. Now, usually in those games, Auburn's talent would win out. But it didn't necessarily make you feel any better. Fourth quarter, uh, Auburn gets the ball back, another three and out. Uh, Sean Jackson decides to get in on the fun. They hammer away with him. Finley gets another completion uh, to Elijah Canyon. But it's Sean Jackson and Jordan Ingram. Jackson gets his first career touchdown. The walk-on from Hewitt Trussell continues to be very impressive. And Auburn gets the ball back on another three and out and then uh, just pretty much – salts the game away on the ground and that is it 62 to nothing that's how you take a iffy game to one of the biggest wins uh in terms of just pure domination in school history that third quarter tying the record for most points in a quarter in auburn history that half with just one touchdown in the in the fourth quarter tying a record for highest scoring half in auburn history Better, we Dude, will talk what about, game was that was that the music city bowl what what game was that the half I can't remember how a, many they. The half was a Florida State game from back in the day. Oh wow! Okay, shouts out so, Florida State taking L's everywhere. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big win for Auburn. Sixty-two big win is in terms of the points on the board. They got to learn what to do when things weren't going their way after pretty much everything went their way in Week One against Akron. Uh, they got to. Get encouraged, I think is probably the the nicest way to put <laughs> put what what happened uh, in the locker room. Uh, they got to get motivated. Uh, they got to go through some adjustments. They got some they got some coaching, some tough coaching at times. And then they did exactly what they were supposed to in the second half. So we will see what Auburn team is more like the one that's going to go to Penn State is the one that started the first half. Against Alabama State, is that more what you're going to expect from Auburn against quality competition in terms of the way they perform and execute? Or will the one that played most of the game against Akron in the third quarter against Alabama State be the one that shows up? Either way, whatever happens at Penn State, you're going to have to be a lot better to, you know, you're not going to just score at will, I don't think, against against that team, and you're not going to be able to just do whatever you want and stop them, but... I think the truth might be somewhere towards the middle. But I will say this, the fact that they put a full game together of looking awesome and then a half of looking awesome um, in these first couple of games, maybe it's a little bit tilted more towards the positive side. 
I tend to agree with you. I think it's going to be hard to replicate that level of cleanliness in many games this year and their performance against Akron, especially on the road, first true road game of the season. And, and really, I think probably one of the hardest places to play in the country. Oh, yeah. And I guess we can talk about this as well, the uh, the We Want Auburn chance from Penn State. Um, I mean, I think some people tried to make a big deal of it. It's just like, yeah, they want – I mean, you gotta you gotta remember that this is the biggest get home game of the year for for Penn State. They put you as your as their wideout game. This is their big tradition. This is their big game that they have. And yeah, I mean, it is going to be. I mean, for what it's worth, no one does something like that better. Uh, I don't. The, the, I've always been amazed at Penn State's wideout because, like, when Auburn tries to do a color thing, it's like, well, some people do it. Right. By the way, shout out to the student section again for a eleven o'clock game against FCS opponent. Those, those, uh, those guys and girls were loud the whole way, uh, and uh, they should be they should be uh, applauded for that for sure. But yeah, the the, the we won Auburn chance is like yeah. I mean they they they've been looking forward to this game for months and months, just like Auburn fans have. So uh, I think it's going to be a fun atmosphere and a fun environment. And it does feel you know in different ways, equally critical for them. They're figuring out after a disappointing season last year, just like Auburn had, what they've got in this team against better competition. And, you know, James Franklin is much deeper in his tenure at Penn State, but I do start to get the feeling, you know, from abroad or from from far away, that their fan base is like, hey, what do we really have in this guy? You know, as, as Ohio State continues to rack up conference titles... By the like, way... Our, are we going to be able to, to hold steady with them in any facet? By the way, I think Ohio State uh, looking a little bit, a little more uh, susceptible this year than maybe in years past. Oregon. I don't want to be too critical of their young quarterback. God, they hammered or oh, and he ended up bouncing back and playing well. Mm-hmm. I thought. Well, I, I imagine, given the track record of their quarterback play over the last decade or so, that he will turn out to be a very good player. But not the best day for him. Um, and, yeah, I, I didn't give Oregon any chance to win that game. And they ran all over Ohio State, which is shocking to think about. So, yeah, it's a big one for Penn State. It's obviously a big one for Auburn. And, uh, yeah, they won Auburn. Auburn's going to be coming their way. And I think a lot of Auburn players and coaches and fans are going to be excited about what they see next Saturday in state college pennsylvania Panny, before we move on to kind of running down our thoughts on players units and whatnot since we've kind of gotten the 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 game flow down you want to uh you want to do some business first rate review subscribe people that's what we're getting at here all right we would love for you to join the inner circle it's a great place to be the best but if you can't do that you can rate, review, and subscribe. It takes about 20 to 30 seconds. Those five-star reviews we love. All right? That's all I've got. Yeah. AuburnObserver.com. Sign up if you want twice as much podcast uh, during your week. It's the only way to get that done. Uh, go to AuburnObserver.com. Sign up for $6 a month or $60 a year. Not only will you get that sent to your email inbox, that, that bonus podcast in the midweek, which during football season are our preview episodes, uh, our, our, our game preview episodes. You will get everything that the newsletter provides you, whether it is the Monday film room, uh, the Tuesday and Wednesday 
uh, newsletters, uh, the Friday mailbag, uh, the observations over the weekend. You get a lot of it at auburnobserver.com. But as Painter said, rating and reviewing and subscribing uh, is exactly uh, what we want you to do. We've got some more reviews to read this week, Painter. Got a few more. Before I go there, by the way, that preview episode, Audrey Snyder, Penn State beat reporter, joining us for part of the episode. So we'll get somebody, well, what's yep. the phrase, with their ear to the ground mm-hmm. on hey. all the happenings at Penn State. You'll want to check yeah. that out, folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this review is from Josh. It says, best Auburn show. Best Auburn show. Insightful analysis every week. Jay Ferg and Painter are a duo of excellence, not unlike Cadillac and Ronnie Brown. Who do you want to be in that combo? You know, I have I an think affinity for Cadillac. Yeah, I think you're more of the Cadillac of the group, for sure. You're more of the bull. Womble TJ writes, Locked on Auburn was right. This is a great podcast. Hey, thanks for coming over from Locked on Auburn. Uh, we've got... Uh, We've got uh, another one here that mentions it here shortly. But, yeah, going on with Zach and the gang over there on Fridays. Appreciate everybody who who jumps over from uh, Locked on Auburn. And here's a free plug for Locked on Auburn. This podcast only comes out twice a week. If you want a podcast that comes out more than twice a week for Auburn, check those guys out for sure. Your team also, every day. Also, on Wednesdays, the Locked on Auburn podcast crosses over with our friends at the war report so you can listen to them on the locked on auburn podcast and you can check out their youtube channel uh for a lot of good auburn football discussion uh and you might even see some stuff from the observer and there's some stats uh throughout the season so check that out at the war report as well back to the reviews this is from pearlology wandered over here from locked on auburn after hearing ferg plug this over there every friday i was not disappointed the value you get from this podcast and the email articles is immense in comparison to the meager cost i am from san diego california shout out with a 60 mile daily work commute wow that gum that is rough and this show helps me get my auburn fix keep up the good work fellas thank you pearlology jealous of you that you live in san diego california truly one of our nation's most beautiful cities I would love to get back there uh, at some point in time in the future after uh, enjoying it, enjoying my time there when Auburn was at the NCAA tournament a few years ago. So appreciate all the kind words and all the reviews. Honestly, we do this because we like having fun with the with the reviews. But giving us five stars, leaving us a written review uh, does help us a lot. Um, so if you are not in a position right now uh, to subscribe to the Auburn Observer, with your pay with a with with a paid subscription keep listening to us on the free feed and giving us a rate and a review and a, a rating a review and a subscription uh on your podcast app of choice and we really really appreciate that um i was gonna say something on top of that painter we are getting dangerously close to a thousand subscribers dangerously close it's we're happening. knocking on that door it's 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 gonna happen. It's gonna you happen. People in the near have been fantastic all throughout the year. The uh, the Auburn Observer community is continuing to grow, but certainly since the beginning of fall camp, and when we got close to the start of football season, you guys really put the uh, put the foot on the gas. So thank you guys, much appreciated. For real, for real. 
Also, shout out to all of you who had some uh, kind words and good feedback from our latest premium podcast episode with the legendary Dan Peck himself. I heard a lot of people enjoy that podcast. We appreciate that. We're going to try to have a few more guests on throughout the season, including uh, this week in the premium podcast, uh, Audrey Snyder of The Athletic, my former colleague there, uh, who does a wonderful job covering Penn State and uh, is just a delightful human being in every sense of the word. And I'm not just saying that because she is letting me stay in her guest bedroom this weekend. <laughs> She's a great person besides that as well, but that is definitely helpful. Looking forward to going to Pennsylvania. Looking forward to uh, f- looking forward to the trip to Happy Valley for sure. Have you All ever right, been back- to the beautiful state of Pennsylvania, Ferg? So, Painter, I lived in Pennsylvania for um, a few months of my life when I was Seems a like child. Seems like something I should have known. I don't know if we've talked about this before. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, part of uh, my dad's uh, seminary education, he had to um, go intern uh, at a church and um, it, somewhere in North America, and our family was one of the ones that got assigned to uh, Pennsylvania. I lived in, uh, I lived right outside of Erie. I lived like right, like where we lived was like very close to Lake Erie. Um, so, uh, yeah. Shout out to Pennsylvania. Never been to Philly, though. I'm flying into Philly. Uh, so I'm going to be hanging out in Philly on, on Friday for the first time. Uh, been to Pittsburgh, though. Shout out to our boy, Alex Kirshner. Um They helped me out yesterday. Shouts out. Love them very much. Go Panthers. It's Let's always sunny to- in Philadelphia. show that I've fired back up recently. Any opinions on that one? Oh, yeah. Strong. Good. Strong. Let's get back to Auburn, uh, Alabama State. Talking about players, units, who do you want to start off with here? Because I think we we can do a little bit of a deeper dive on some of these guys. We talked about Bonex earlier. I, I, I want to kind of dig into the numbers a little bit more. I thought some of his throws he made were really really good on Saturday, and I thought some of his throws were not so good. And some of the there were some drops, there were some mistakes up front. Um, so I'm withholding full on judgment from Bonex, but it 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 was a step back. I think everybody can see it was a step back from how well he played in, in week one so we'll monitor that moving forward but who else did you want to talk about let's go with the position group that may be hardest to grade especially given that you haven't had a chance to do film room yet and that would be the offensive line who also i think reverted to the mean in this game against alabama state yeah alabama state uh, had a couple of quarterback pressures uh they did get a sack in this game um uh, there were a few tackles for loss as well um for the most part Auburn did its job up front, but there were some moments against Alabama State where you're like, Ugh. well, you're pl- you're starting to play tougher teams right after this, and it's like, how how well are you going to be able to perform? Um, I, I will want to see kind of like the who and what. Uh, Brandon Council going down with injury was not a great sign for Auburn, but he did come back and was able to play. He rotated with Alec Jackson. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, if there's any more developments from that or if Council's going to be good to go. Um, you know, for Penn State this upcoming week. Uh, we're talking about that injury reports. Uh, Javarius Johnson and Jalen Simpson were both at the Auburn game on Saturday, not dressed out, and were held out for injury reasons. Sean Chivers was not at the game. He was tweeting. It has been reported by others uh, that it was a protocol thing. I think if he's not there and the other guys who were hurt are there, I think you can kind of read between the lines there on, uh, on that one. And again, 
we're, we're not going to speculate on what exactly it is or how long he's going to be out or anything like that. But Jarquez Hunter did say that he learned on Friday he was going to be playing a lot more for the Alabama State game. So we will keep an eye on that moving forward as well. I don't think this is going to be a situation where you get a ton of injury information from Brian Harson that does not seem to be his M.O. from um, his time at Boise State and from what we've seen early on at Auburn. But, yeah, the offensive line, I there were some negative moments. There were more negative moments than you probably want against an FCS team. There's going to be ways to tighten up. And they played so well in week one that it's like it's going to be one of those things, again, it's like where's the truth for that offensive line? And, again, I think it might be somewhere in the middle. Um, but I think the offensive line, you know, the, the execution, there were some holding calls, the focus, uh, you're going to want to be a lot better uh, moving forward. And so I think Will Friend and, and that group are going to um, – I think it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a, a pretty challenging week of practice for them. I think they're going to – I think they're going to get really tested because they uh, – at Penn State defense, especially up front, ain't, ain't a joke at all. Ain't a joke at all. Um, they, are, they are very feisty. Yeah, I expect Penn State to spend a lot of time in Auburn's backfield on Saturday. But one thing Auburn can control is any self-inflicted wounds. Speaking of Jarquez Hunter, eight carries, 147 yards, including the record-breaking 94-yarder. Jarquez Hunter has played two games of, of Auburn football. He has two 100 yard performances. The last freshman running back to do that at Auburn in their first two games, Ontario McCaleb. Tank Bigsby just is just casually just doing Tank Bigsby things. 11 carries, 122 yards. He had, that 51 yard run he had was just dumb. The amount of tackles he broke and just he is he's a special talent. Everybody can see that. Both of those guys have rushed for 100 yards in their first two games of the season. That is the first time Auburn has had two 100-yard rushers in back-to-back games since Nick Marshall and Cameron Artis Payne in the 2014 season against Louisiana Tech and LSU. We don't know the status of Sean Shivers moving forward. I said it after the Week 1 game that you know what you have in Shivers. He was very effective against uh, against uh, Akron. I think he's a guy that can make big plays happen for you. But you talk about a dude who can carry the load and keep going and has has the it factor. If Auburn has to turn to Jarquez Hunter this weekend against Penn State, with or without Shivers being available, what else? What else can you prove in your first two games that you've got? It? I know it's Akron and I know it's Alabama State, but I mean he has got. He's got a skill set that just pops. It really, really does. Auburn can't make a living. Its coaches can't make a living off of diamonds in the rough. We've talked about this a ton this offseason. They're going to have to have lots of four- and five-star recruits. At the end of the day, the talent will win out. But one of the things that they did mention was they thought Hunter could be the steal of the class and two games in, the coaching staff looking pretty smart on that one. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who broke Marcus Dupree's high school records in the state of Mississippi. Um, Brian Harson said, "We when you watched him on film coming out of high school, you saw some of the stuff you saw on Saturday from him. If he it, he's he's really tough, he can break tackles, but when he gets that open open field, he can accelerate and it's just gone." 
just absolutely gone. And he has some of that tank ability to him where it's that vision where if he sees open grass, he can attack it. He does break tackles really, really well. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of tank in him in his game. I think there's a lot of Auburn fans that are comparing him to a lot of different other running backs they've seen over the years. Um, but obviously, each running back has his own style in this running back room, but they all share a common core belief, which is that I think they'd rather run through you. Yes, arm tackles are not going to work against against this crew. And I thought Alabama State did a good job of tackling early in this game. It doesn't matter though when it's Tank Bigsby or Jarquez Hunter running, and it's it, it makes a difference. And also, Sean Jackson looks like he's got some he's got some of it as well for a big guy, uh, a walk on. Uh, he's looking like he's carved out a, a a role on this team as well. But I mean, Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bigsby together, I mean, that is a one two punch that you would love to have. And then look, we will see how available Shivers is is moving forward. But Shivers is an extremely valuable piece of that as well. And if you get that whole crew together and healthy and clicking the way Hunter and, and Bigsby and I mean, Shivers, Shivers has only scored on two thirds of his touches this season. Um, I think you're going to see a proper rotation. I think you're going to see just some unique play calling and some creative ways to get the ball in these guys' hands and, Man, I think there's a I think there's a lot to like about the future of this running back room, and it has only taken them two games for. I mean, think about how much Auburn lost at the running back room in the past year, right? Dating back to whenever it was that uh, that Harold Joyner uh, left for Michigan State. By the way, shout out Michigan State; they're playing really well early in the year under Mel Tucker. Um, they've lost so much, and yet they have been able to bring in talent in the form of. Uh, Jarquez Hunter and Sean Jackson and Jordan Ingram. And also, Tank Bigsby just continues to get better. And I think Auburn fans continue to be thrilled that, uh, I mean, he is, this is only really, this game right here was only really Tank Bigsby's ninth of, like, really solid, consistent work in his Auburn career. And he is already looking like one of the best running backs in America. Can't add anything else to that. Shout out to the running back group. I guess I think you pointed out probably the most consistent group to this point is your linebacker core, and then right on their heels yeah. would be this unit. I'm glad you mentioned the linebacker core because uh, Zacoby McLean is Zacoby McLean was like I think there was this thought process last season where it's like well he was on the field a lot, so of course he was going to get a lot of tackles. And, you know, they're going to rotate more this year at linebacker, so he's probably not going to have quite as big of a season. And it's like he's taking that as a challenge. Like, all right, all right, is that what you think? Okay. he's He had ten tackles on, on Saturday, seven of them solo. He had a tackle for loss in the game as well. He, I mean, he looks like a missile when he plays and just some really, really big hits. And he said after the game, uh, I'm mad about having ten because I thought I could get 15. This this dude just loves creating a lot of chaos and is a tackling is a tackling machine. Uh, really impressive that he has been able, even with more rotation. We saw Chandler Wooten play a decent bit on sa- on Saturday. Even with more rotation, I mean McLean is he's a guy who's got a ship on his shoulder. He, you know, some players can be like, you know what, I don't listen to all the all the 
the awards talk and stuff like that. I don't think I've ever gotten that vibe from Zacoby McClain. I think he thought he should have been, you know, from what he put up last season, up for a lot more awards, uh, you know, all SEC this season. Yeah, I think he very much is is taking that on him, and he's out to prove it. And that that is a – when you have a player like that who's as physically gifted as he is and has some extra motivation riding behind him, good luck. Yeah, if he's an online king, whatever it takes for him to get his motivation, keep it up, big guy. For sure. For sure. Um, elsewhere, Auburn really – no one for Auburn had <laughs> – Multiple tackles for loss on Saturday, uh, which uh, is a stat I'm just noticing. When you talk about everybody contributing, uh, this is what we talk about. Zagoe McClain, Roger McCurry, Owen Papo, Chandler Wooten, Romello Height, Eku Leota, Marquis Burks, TD Moultrie, Derek Hall, Joko Willis, and Cam Riley all had a tackle for loss on Saturday. That is getting it done. Uh, yeah, this, 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 this defense continues to be speedy and attacking they adjusted when they needed to adjust in the second half um they made sure that after halftime alabama state didn't get any sort of uh momentum going especially after that uh after that onside kick the real test comes this week against a a a good penn state team a really good penn state team but the amount of everybody eating and everybody working on that defensive uh, on that defense, especially among the front seven, uh, is exactly what the doctor ordered, and I, it's exactly what is it, it's exactly what Derek Mason's vision for this crew is. They tighten things up in the secondary. I think this is a when the competition steps up. If they tighten things up in the secondary, this has the potential to be a really nasty defense. It's already looked good. What are they averaging five points a game right now? We love that. Yeah, but they've allowed five points a game. So. A little fun with some stats here. Auburn, at this moment in time, they lead the nation in yards per play with 9.84. Coastal Carolina second at 9.15, by the way. Uh, So that's a pretty big jump. Auburn is averaging 61 points a game this season. Uh, The only uh, the team closest to them is Oklahoma, who has 58. Fander, did you happen to see how many points Oklahoma scored on Saturday against Western Carolina? I did not. 76. Okay. Uh, yeah. For all the people who've been getting off the Barbie jokes, that one applies there too. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we've got. Uh, Auburn's total defense is best in the country, 3.03 yards per play. Uh, and their scoring defense, best in the country, tied with the University of Georgia. By the way, we were talking. We were talking some positives about uh, the state of Alabama football uh, this week. Uh, UAB, what happened there? You made you made Stetson Bennett look like Patrick Mahomes in that game. Did not see that coming. Did not see them getting shelled the way they did. Although to be fair, Auburn had a little bit of that in them too last season, but not to that level. UAB, what's going on there? All right, and especially for all the uh, I turned, you know, you can't fire me, I quit. The I broke up with them first stuff from from our guy Bill Clark. Like, all right, man, it's real disappointing that it didn't work out. Um, so we will see that moving forward. I I, I find it hilarious though. Jacksonville State got absolutely whooped by UAB 
in that weird Wednesday night game, and then they go turn around and beat Florida State. Meanwhile, UAB gets thrown into a dumpster by Georgia. Um, Georgia, Florida State. That would be an interesting game because, according to the math, it would be. <laughs> according to the math, I believe that means that uh, Georgia will win that game by like 85 or something like that. Transit properties. I wonder. Uh, do we have any sort of timeline with the whole JT Daniels oblique situation? I imagine Kirby's probably been very quiet about that. No, no. I, I, I uh, He said something along the lines of Saturday. He said, like, we're not going to get into hypotheticals. I'll let y'all get into that, meaning to the media, which I thought was a pretty funny line. Um, but, uh, no, I, I, I don't know what that, what that looks like. And I also don't know, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but Georgia kind of has a pretty easy path until they play Auburn, right? I think really – Georgia fans probably don't look at it this way, given how the last decade and a half of that rivalry have gone. But you can make an argument that it's pretty much Auburn and Florida that could trip them up and and route to the SEC championship game. And, you know, just on the surface, both of those seem like likely wins for Georgia. But, yeah, other than that, it's not not a whole lot stands in the way of Georgia winning out. Uh, Meanwhile, around college football, around the SEC, uh, full credit must be given to the University of Arkansas. I've given them a lot of grief over the years. Uh, they dominated Texas. The score wasn't even close, but I don't think the score did justice uh-uh. to how much better Arkansas looked than Texas. No, it was 33-7 to heading into the fourth quarter. It finished 40-21. to uh, not, not what you want. Not what you want. Uh, Mississippi State had pretty good little defensive showing against NC State. That's something that they're a team to keep an eye on this year just because if their defense is playing a little better uh, long-term, they can be dangerous. Um, Vanderbilt beat Colorado State. Man, how bad is Colorado State? Uh, But, yeah, we mentioned A&M and Colorado. Uh, Florida took care of business against South Florida. South Carolina hit a walk-off field goal to – come from behind and beat East Carolina. And here's the one game from Saturday that I thought was interesting. LSU 34, McNeese State 7. Not exactly the, all right, I know week one was bad. Let's just get that behind us and go out there and and, and do some work. Um and blow out a team that shouldn't be on the same field as us. If I'm looking at this correctly, LSU just got a little over 100 yards rushing in that game, only 180 yards through the air against McNeese State. If they're, I mean, we know their defense has issues after what happened against UCLA, but, man, if that's what this looks like, that's how that offense looks like against an FCS team. This is this is trouble moving forward. Because it's not just like, oh, well, it was one bad half like Auburn had or like several other teams had across the country in week one. Um, mm, that's not – those are not good numbers at all there, LSU. Yeah, I'm curious to see LSU play Mississippi State. You know, I think you referenced State getting the win over NC State. Yeah. Not because Mississippi State is a good team. They're probably the worst team in the West, but LSU might be pushing for that at this point. Which is wild to think about. 
So it will be curious, given that they lost last season to State. Mm-hmm. And it'll be, you know, I, I guess UCLA is probably better than Mississippi State, but it'll be it'll be an opponent that's not, for instance, McNeese. Right. And like, how do they look a month into the season right before they play Auburn? Yeah, it's uh, it's that game, that Auburn LSU game is looking more favorable towards Auburn by the by the week. But you also got to think though, it's. Believe it when I see it, baby. Yeah, believe it when I see it. It could happen if they and win. We haven't, I won't be and we shocked. haven't seen all. We haven't seen Auburn against a, against a decent opponent yet. But, I mean, that's the thing though. Auburn leads the nation in scoring defense, total defense, scoring offense, total offense, through the first two games of the season. Did they have the two easiest games? Yes, but like, the fact that they've gone and done it to this extent is, I think. I mean, it's. It's commendable because plenty of teams across the country have looked not great against against uh, opponents they should slaughter, and there has been plenty of times in Auburn history, and we're not just singling out the last staff, but you can go to the staffs before them where Auburn kind of played with its food, so to speak. They've they've really decimated the, the, those first two opponents, and that is. I mean, I, I think that's the thing there is that you can talk about the overall health of the team, and we'll see about Javarius Johnson and Jalen Simpson and Sean Shivers moving forward. But, like, through two weeks of the season, Painter, what more could you have asked for from Auburn? Like, maybe throw two shutouts? But even still, you I mean, you have the best scoring defense in the country, best overall defense in the country through two games. It is all I think you could ask for if you're, you know, like most Auburn fans do in the, yeah, but it's Akron, yeah, but it's Alabama State. It's like, well, the results almost could not be better from a statistical perspective. Right. I I, I think I think this is a good spot for Auburn to be in. Um, we will see what Penn State, what all that entails. It, Auburn's going to be the underdog in that game. I think it's going to be a fun, tight game. We've seen what – Penn State looks like against a quality opponent this season, and then they've also played a MAC opponent that's better than what Auburn faced in Akron. Um, What's the magic number here, Ferg? Like normally in Auburn's past, if it gets to thirty, it has a good chance of winning games. I don't think either of these offenses are going to be particularly impressive. I mean, we're we looking at a twenty-four, twenty-seven points, thirty points. Almost certainly seems like it would be good enough for a win based on how these defenses have played thus far. I think 30 would be enough for a win. Um, I mean, uh, uh, the secondary for Auburn with, you know, Penn State is not going to be afraid to chuck it downfield. That's something that they've got to – I mean, they really – I mean, Akron and Alabama State have not really thrown the ball downfield much in their first – I mean, they haven't been tested in that area quite, quite, as, quite as much. So that is going to be something to keep an eye on. But it's like – Auburn gets in that 24-28 ballpark. You feel good about their chances to win. Um, but, I mean, this is college football. This is Auburn. This is early season Auburn in year one of a, of a new staff. I mean, how 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 much more unpredictable can you get? And even though this is supposed to be the staff and the team that is going to make Auburn less unpredictable, um, it's still early. It's still early. And... Uh, I don't know. I think, you know, I hate doing predictions. You know that as as well as anybody, especially when it comes to Auburn. 
Um, well, no one really knows. It's a little lazy, you know. Like we can all guess and not really know. But looking ahead to that Penn State game, I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a four quarter game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think these two teams uh, have strengths and weaknesses that could give the other team some advantages or disadvantages. Like I, I think I think it is a balanced matchup, and the fact that you know Auburn's got a little more talent than Penn State overall. Um, they played a better season last year than Penn State did overall. But they are playing in their house in, in the their biggest seasons, game of the season. Yeah, we, we haven't seen yeah. this Auburn team be good on the road in, what, at least two years, maybe longer? I mean, probably the 2017 the, season. Did, did, but even in 2017, they lost badly to Clemson. And they, yeah. you know, the the game in LSU. So it's like, there's been a while since Auburn's had a, a true road victory that I can remember. Oregon, against a, was, Oregon was against neutral quality. site. Against a quality opponent. I mean, they beat Ole Miss last year in in uh, in Oxford. But yes, but what did they win five games last year? I mean, I think Ole Miss was better than people expected, but it's not like right. It's no, been a while know. since they, it's been a while since they beat a ranked team away from home in a true road game. Um, so it it, it, it kind of balances itself out. I think it's going to be an awesome game and an awesome atmosphere, and I'm looking forward to uh, to getting there and to being being a part of it. You know, there, there's this. Inside baseball here, this is a um, yeah, the way that media access is this year. There's not a whole lot of reason to go to the games. Honestly, it's not like you get to be on the field or you get to go into you know in person interviews afterwards. Um, but I'm going because I missed not being able to go last year. I missed I missed that. I mean. You know, this job, we talk about it a lot, Banner. This job doesn't feel like a job. Uh, I know I am very fortunate and very, very blessed to have people like people listening to this podcast right here and subscribing to The Observer by allowing me to do what I enjoy doing and pay my bills and know that this is nowhere near the type of workload uh importance anything like that the majority of you listeners have to deal with yeah the the majority of y'all listening are either employed were employed or going to be employed (laughs) in things that mean a whole lot more than 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 writing and talking about football for a living but um it is very cool that i get that opportunity and one of my favorite parts about this job that doesn't feel like a job and one of the reasons why i hate ever complaining or even thinking about complaining about this job is that part of it is, is that you get to go to these atmospheres and these environments and you get to kind of branch out a little bit and see some, see some things, uh, and experience. It's just fun. It's just fun to be a part of it. And I know there's some, there's some Auburn fans listening to it that are going to go to Penn state and they're going to go to other road games this year and they're going to enjoy it. And hopefully everyone's as, uh, it, it can stay safe and healthy through that. Um, you know, but, you know, even though it's not anything beneficial for me, and even though now that we're doing this independently, it's like, well, your subscription money is going to go to me, <laughs> me buying plane tickets and like and like being able to to go to these games. Um, I can't wait to be a part of it again. Like it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, this is where we say once again, thank you all so much. 
for your generosity, for your support. And even if you're just somebody who just listens to the free podcast and isn't a subscriber, what you guys have done have also you know, made, made a big difference in allowing us to get to this point as well. Yeah, so, we're, we're serious uh, when we say yeah. word of mouth has been the whole reason you all listening yeah. and telling people about it, even if you're not subscribing, right. is a big part of our success. And maybe you get enough of me once or twice a week. Ferg will be working hard. I'm going to be playing hard up in uh, Happy Valley. If for some reason, though, you want to connect at a tailgate, would love to see or meet any of you. Uh, I will be out having a good time. That may not interest any of you, but uh, be cool to thank you in person. Yeah, so uh, we will be we will be out and about. So reach out to Painter. I'm going to be working. Um, so I don't know how much how much actual uh, fun am I going to be able to do on game day, um, but. I think yeah, once I you get in the stadium, man, it's going to be. I've always wanted to go to a whiteout. So when the news dropped that they had selected the Noble Auburn Tigers, mm-hmm. wow, what an ex- and now it's here. You know, it's it's almost like Christmas. You wait for it all off season, and right. we had we had to watch other teams play marquee matchups in the first two weeks, and it's kind of like ho hum. Auburn's playing outmatched opponents now. Finally, we get what we want. Maybe. Maybe as an Auburn fan, we'll see. We'll see how I feel about I don't know, ten o'clock on Saturday. So, if you guys are up in in Happy Valley, go hang out with Painter or go say hi or you know send him pictures or something like that. Just have fun, uh, and I'm going to uh, I will be I'll, I'll wave at all of you from the press box. <laughs> but no, it's 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 gonna be awesome. Um, and uh, appreciate everybody who uh, who's helping us, you know, be a part of it through any sort of way, whether it's financially or at least making us legit enough as a <laughs> as a podcast slash newsletter that uh, we can get credentialed to these kind of things. And uh, Painter's just showing up as a fan, so just Painter Painter's just you know Painter could do that already. But I'm talking more about me <laughs> uh, from that from that perspective. But. Um, Appreciate everybody listening. Like we said, later this week, if you are a member of the Inner Circle, you will get a preview episode of the Auburn-Penn State game. Audrey Snyder, our friend, is going to join us uh, for a few minutes to chat about that game and get the perspective from State College PA. Uh, Film room up on Monday morning, newsletters throughout the week, mailbag on Friday, observations, and we do it all again next week as well. Yes, Painter. It's all I've got. It's fun, people. Can't wait to see you in Happy Valley. Ferg, I'm going to give you a big hug. Aww. The girl, them skillarty. Chanda Paul. Some give it to, some give it to, some give it to, to our girls. Five million and forty naughty shorty. Baby girl, I'm a girl, I'm a girl. Chanda Paul say, well, I'm on the way the time. Cool, I want to be keeping you warm. I got the right. Picture for shelter you